everybody, my name is Injun Moon and welcome to I Home Church. This morning I would like to speak on the theme of focus, F-O-C-U-S. But I would like to start off by really sending our prayers and love to the families who have lost their loved ones in the tragedy. Uh, that took place um, in Paris, France. Um, you know, I was just kind of uh, celebrating uh, the beauty of Children's Day uh, last Wednesday and uh, remembering the importance of the day as really a celebration when we get to celebrate in our faith community uh, the beauty of seeing ourselves as sons and daughters of God. But just a couple days later, uh, on Friday evening, uh, we were uh, startled and alarmed by all of these tragic events that unfolded. And so the juxtapos juxtaposition of God's ideal of really wanting us to understand who we are as God's and sons and daughters and the crisis uh, that we're dealing with in our modern day, uh, really uh, the effect of men and women and sons and daughters of God not recognize what our full value is and not really understanding the meaning of our life. Uh, we are seeing in terms of so many senseless terrorist attacks around the country and I know that so many people are scared, so many people are afraid, they are struck by the terror, sheer terror of it all and the terrorists have been incredibly successful in terrorizing uh, our global community and, uh, and we realize that uh, uh, even as we speak, um, another set of panic uh, erupted on the on the streets of uh, Paris. You know, still people being unable to process the senseless uh, killings that took place on Friday, and we realize that uh, what we are faced with and what we are dealing with on a global level um, is really. Uh, the provocation of this word called fear. And the terrorists, um, they understand this word very, very well. And they want to kind of ignite uh, this unwarranted and uh, this widespread fear all around the world, really kind of um, causing a sense of instability, insecurity, and, uh, and hopelessness in the worst of ways. And I realized that the immediate reaction from anything horrific, such as this, from different politicians all around the world, uh, you know, the French president, Francois Hollande, uh, uh, called it a, an act of war and therefore France will be ruthless in really weeding out the terrorists and uh, the language becomes incredibly inflammatory and uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, the presidential hopeful, is talking about how we have to defeat the enemy. And these are the kind of things that we want to hear, um, seemingly giving us a sense of security. But anybody who has studied um, our human history know that uh, uh, during the time of war, there really is no defeat or victory in that 
if you are the defeated, you will always try to find a way to be the victor down the line. And if you are the victorious ones, um, you will do whatever it takes to remain victorious. And maybe some of your ways about uh, going about that end is not the best of ways. And so we really need a new understanding of how to see our world, how to see who we are, and what kind of a world we want our children to be raised in. And I find the words of Albert Einstein incredibly um, profound in that he said, you know, peace cannot be kept by force. Um, whenever terror strikes, there is kind of this uh, knee-jerk reaction into more defenses, higher security systems, and, you know, policemen around every corner, and somehow that's going to make us feel more secure. But the problem of dealing with terrorists is not really a question of how are we going to um, uh, make ourselves feel safe uh, in light of what is taking place, but really trying to get at the root of the question of why. Why are the terrorists doing what they are doing? How can we understand their mind frame? And how can we hopefully uh, inspire them to be a different kind of a person than the kind of a lifestyle that they have committed to? And so Albert Einstein says, peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved through understanding. And anybody that has a family of their own or have definitely have uh, had some difficulties rubbing up against each other in the context of a family understands that it's really not a question of right or wrong that's going to unify the family. But there has to be a consensus, consensus amongst all parties that we have to come to a workable understanding and really see ourselves as one team, see ourselves as really one family. Otherwise, the family is not going to be survive, is not going to survive. And I think that's the kind of a realization that sooner or later we need to arrive at in order to deal with all the terrorist acts that are taking place. And so when we ask the question, um, you know, how? How are these terrorists um, uh, being able to carry out their plan the way they're doing? Well, you only have to tune into CNN and you will get hourly updates on the latest news about how these terrorist acts were carried out. But as I've said, the important thing that we need to really struggle with and wrestle with is the question of why. Why do they do what they do? Um, what are they thinking when they commit these terrorist acts? What is the motivating factor? Who do they want to be? And so when we start delving in to the way the terrorists think, what their life aspirations are, or what kind of a culture they come from, then a slowly a picture uh, starts developing as to what is the motivating factor for doing what they're doing. And only by really understanding what they're thinking, or what they're working towards, or what they're hoping for, can we really improve the world in terms of learning how to deal with uh, terrorism and learning how to provide a different kind of education that 
uh, really presents a whole new perspective to seeing life, to understanding life, and a whole new different understanding of how we need to be. And so when you when uh, you know different uh, scholars have studied what these terrorists are, are thinking about and what do they want to be and why do they do what they do what are the motivating factors we realize that it's uh, many many times uh, it's the promise of heaven uh, the promise of uh, of um, uh, going to heaven and being surrounded throughout all eternity with 76 virgins waiting for them or a sense that they want to be the hero of their life they want to go off in a blaze of glory bringing some kind of a victorious to their group and we realize that they want to be really a representative of the group that they identify themselves with so if you are a terrorist coming from the ISIS camp, you want to be a great representation of what ISIS is all about. And you want it to be seen as incredibly powerful, uh, incredibly earth shattering. And you are going to blow yourself up just to prove the point. And so we realize that in order to kind of combat and bat and deal with and work towards a workable solution towards um, substantiating world peace, we really have to deal with this different understanding and think about ways to really reintroduce or re-educate or re-inspire the youth of the world today. And so, so much uh, of, um, you know, things that take place in our lives is, and the different conflicts and different misunderstanding and, and uh, sometimes inflammatory language and violence and killing and wars start from the premise that I am right and you are wrong. Terrorists start with the premise that I am right, you are wrong. I am God's chosen. You are the infidels that I must destroy. Um, you know, I am doing the work of God. You, who do not realize the power and the magnitude of God, well, it, it is my death that is going to wake you up uh, to the power of God or whoever you want to call it. And so the problem really is each and every person thinking they are right and the other is wrong. But if we really want to create unity anywhere, you know, amongst a couple, if you want to create a beautiful, loving relationship with your husband or with your wife, um, if every day is a minor battle or a major battle on why you are right, why you are wrong <laughs> and why I am right, you're going to have a seriously difficult uh, time trying to be that incredibly loving family. Likewise, if you are a parent and you are there from the outset, basically dictating to the children, I know everything that's right for you and therefore you just need to obey and do what I think is right. You're gonna be left with a family, with all your children gone. But the important thing is if we understand that it's really not who is the victor in an, in an opinionated argument, but it's really an understanding of how do we find common ground? How do we find 
a universal platform? How do we find a way to incentivize, to really wake everybody up and see clearly that if we do not learn how to stand as one family under God, we will be the ones destroying the future of our children. And so this is the reason why I think uh, having our true parents at this time is incredibly important because the, the terrorists, terrorism and, and the terrorist attacks that are taking place is really a, an example of war of religions. Different religions are like different fingers of a hand. And we need a parent to guide these hands together in prayer and in solidarity and in unity and with the commitment and the promise that we are going to build something beautiful together. Because we are like the orphans all around the world who have been waiting for a parent to arrive. Jesus Christ was supposed to be that parent 2,000 years ago, but he never had a chance to find a wife and make the Holy Spirit made flesh. And so we didn't really have an example of what a loving parent or a loving couple is to be. And so we kind of misunderstood Jesus' mission, thinking that he came to die when he actually came to fulfill God's original purpose, which was to really create God's first family here on earth. Uh, but fast forward 2000 years, we have our true parents, and now we have our father up in heaven. We have our true mother here on earth. It's really the unity of heaven and earth, exemplified in this uh, incredible body of true parents. And they are the ones that continually really urge all the orphans of the world to remember the one God, to remember ourselves as one family, to reimagine a world of peace. And this has been the work of my father. And this continues in the work of my mother. And this leads me to uh, kind of remind myself of this beautiful passage in Isaiah. And of course we know that this was prophet, prophet Isaiah really kind of exhorting and preaching to the Israelites of his time. And in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 through 19, he says, Do not remember the former things, neither consider things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. The work of true parents is the work of the new thing. And what God is asking us to do is to behold their work. And what this passage is really reminding all the believers or Christian believers to do is to focus on the singularity of our purpose, on the, on, the, on the oneness of our heart with our God up in heaven and really imploring us not to be double-minded. Because Isaiah, even in his time, was fully aware of our propensity towards being double-minded. A lot of us are dealing with trying to be proactive, uh, incredibly productive people, while we are bound by our past and hopeful for the future, 
but we are so confused in our own understanding of who we are and where we are that we are immobilized in our inability to act and really seize the moment and be the owners of our own destiny. So what Prophet Isaiah is basically saying is, stop being double-minded, holding the past and the future at once, trying to live your present life. He was imploring the people the importance about being focused. And when God is revealing something new, unite and focus on the work of God. And so many people, uh, they simply kind of hold the past in one hand and they cannot let go of the past. And many times the past is painful memories, a lot of resentments. And the wars, the continual wars that we see throughout history is really the result of our inability to let go of the past, of all the painful atrocities that was committed to our nation, to our people, that we are going to uh, be the the one that is um, really bringing forth the revenge on the other, the enemy. And therefore, we are in in essence, we are living in the past, Um, always trying to you know, basically somehow justify our resentment or uh, make our painful memories go away by creating new pain. But the problem of wars and the continual cycle of wars is that even if you are successful in defeating the enemy, it only makes the determination of the enemy to win and uh, be victorious over you at a later date. So this ongoing cycle of pain and suffering and resentment is something that we can never let go of if we continually uh, hold fast to the past and not learning how to really let go because we believe in something greater. We understand that our purpose or our life is meant for something more beautiful. And many of us are holding on to the promise of the future we are living in the future. We want glorious things for our children, but don't fully understand that in order to really safeguard and make future real for our children, that means letting go of the past and doing the work now that needs to be done to ensure the safety of our children in the future. And instead of being bound by resentment, we need to do the work of fulfillment. Starting today, starting with you and me. Basically, we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. And so when I think about the unificationist movement in particular, you know, we have great men and women who have sacrificed incredible things in the last 40, 50, 30 years of our lives. I've seen some of the best brothers and sisters that I have met uh, all around the world. And they come from our community. You guys are fantastic. When you know that you can make a difference and when you are inspired, you are absolutely unbeatable. And so in terms of the monumental task of carrying out the tasks and the work of providence together with our true parents, Yes, some of us struggled along the way, but a great majority of you were just right there. Incredible example 
for the future of our world. You have already accomplished what the disciples of Jesus Christ could not do 2,000 years ago. You were there every step of the way with our true Father, and now many of you are there every step of the way, each and every day with our true Mother. And as a daughter, really looking at the example of my elder, my Cain, who are really truly exemplifying the true Cain that Cain was meant to be. It is incredibly inspiring. And so I would encourage you to continue on that path. And so there you were in doing incredible monumental things. And some of us literally turned mental <laughs> doing monumental things because it was a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. And here we were, being, being really the teachers and the students of the fundamentals of divine principle, the reason why we are the way we are, what is our origin, what is our purpose, why are we here? You guys were absolutely amazing. And some of the most gifted ones who have become incredible teachers of divine principle. It's just so inspiring for me to hear from some of you from time to time. And so when it comes to monumental tasks of providence, when it comes to fundamentals that have also driven some people mental, <laughs> being fundamental extremists in our movement, you know, we've, regardless of how difficult things have been, you guys have been absolutely amazing. Your example of sacrifice and dedication and loyalty is second to none. You know, but right now, now that we have transitioned from the age of the wilderness to the age of the settlement, this is the time when we actually do the work of creating, substantiating peace that we have been talking about. Peace amongst the couples, between husband and wife. Peace in the family, between parent and child. Peace in our community, in our society, nation, and world. This is where the important work needs to take place. And so we understand the monument, the importance of the word monumental task. We understand the importance of fundamental teachings of the divine principle. But in the age of the wilderness, this is the time to really kind of consider the word instrumental. This is the time that we have to be instrumental, utilizing our 5% responsibility in really substantiating the vision that God had when he created his children, when he really longed for the first family. This is when we need to utilize the tools and guides that we can gather from the wisdom of the world and really become the kind of men and women that is going to make a difference. And the, the important work of really being that person who is instrumental, who is uh, instrumental in bringing about world, world peace is to understand the importance of changing the culture. We have to change the culture that the terrorists are imbued in, that they are inspired by, that they act on. We need to introduce something new. And so what I like to present is really to kind of understand that uh, we need to let go 
of being uh, double-minded, you know, stuck uh, on the past pains and past resentments and, you know, all the things that the other has done to us that makes us angry, miserable, and that have made us suffer. But point to the future and act upon it by really substantiating and building the family, starting with you and me today. And so I would like to ask everybody to really kind of focus on uh, the importance of being really united and having a singular vision instead of being double-minded, not really sure what we're going to do, which the end result results in immobile, um, indecisive uh, people not really knowing what to do with life. We have to take ownership, we have to take control of our lives and really take in the horns of destiny in our hands and make that peaceful world a reality. So we need to start focusing on what is important in our lives. Anybody who loves photography knows that, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about uh, this device called a camera is that when you want to uh, zoom in on a subject, there's this wonderful thing um, that allows you to focus the lens and it brings clarity to your world, whatever you happen to be um, photographing. And in, in essence, when uh, Prophet Isaiah is really talking about the importance of not being double-minded and having a singularity of heart, uh, united with God, the importance of focusing on that relationship, what he is really asking all of us to do is not to be double-minded, but also at the same time, not to have or be conflicted with double vision. Many times people who suffer from double vision see fragmented uh, pictures of, uh, of their world or many times one object is, uh, uh, is upside down or sometimes it's on top of the other. They have really have no frame of reference in terms of what they are seeing. And anybody that has, uh, you know, gotten older over the years and you find it more difficult to read uh, unless you take it kind of, uh, you know, at a distance, you know the frustrations of not having clarity in your life. And so what God is asking us to do at this time is to really focus on his, represented, his representative that he sent to all of us, uh, which is our true parents, to focus in on the body uh, of our true parents and get involved in the work that they're doing. And so what are they here to do? Well, if you kind of uh, understand the word FOCUS as an acronym, you realize that the, the word F is a clear call, the letter F is a clear call to fear not. You know, do not resort to thinking more force is going to bring you peace. It's really truly the work of understanding in the words of Albert Einstein that is going to make peace feasible or possible in our lives. And the letter O is really a reminder from our true parents to see the world or our world family as one. We belong to one family of God. A lot of brothers and sisters are duking it out in the name of religion, their understanding, and thinking that they are right in their own understanding of things. 
But this is not a time to be bickering about who's right or who's wrong. This really is the time about who is going to be that instrumental men and women of God that is going to bring people to the dinner table for a conversation in how to make the family better, greater, awesome, incredible. That's what we should be thinking about. Then the letter C really kind of emphasized the importance of individual choice. We are not just robots here to do God's bidding. God gave us this thing called free will. And we have the power to decide. We have the power to act. We have the power to own our lives. And so really the question is, you know, what kind of a choice are we going to make? And during these difficult times, our choice needs to be uh, really that universal platform of understanding the core values that human beings have, regardless of what faith background, what cultural background we come from. Things like the importance of freedom, of equality, the importance of human rights. These things need to be celebrated. And then the letter U reminds us the importance of understanding. We want unity, but it's not going to come if one expects the other to crawl on their hands and knees, beg for forgiveness to you while we sit on our thrones. Understanding doesn't work that way. If we are a parent and we're just waiting for all our children to just wake up and realize how great we are, you're not gonna have unity in the family. Sometimes a parent needs to get off the chair and extend that loving embrace. Sometimes the child uh, who is just sick and tired of the battling of the relationships within the family has to come and make the effort and make that call to make that relationship work. In other words, it's gotta be a give and receive from both sides. And so the importance of understanding to really kind of move the family and the worldwide family forward. And then the letter S is a reminder for all of us, for you and me, to really be the ones to sow the seeds of peace, one family at a time, one person at a time. We can preach about peace, we can dream about peace, but if we don't start from ourselves by being a peaceful person and a peaceful couple and a peaceful family, peaceful society, nation, we are never going to get to the world stage. So going through this process, this is really a time to really ask the difficult question of why things are taking place and realizing that God has given an answer to the why. It may not be the kind of an answer that you might have wanted, but hey, God has always worked in mysterious ways. And to those who say, well, God was never there, God was not there for me, well, sometimes we realize in hindsight, God was there all along. But God might have been in that blade of grass that, uh, that we witnessed one Sunday morning after prayer. God might have been in that wind that gave us a reassuring, refreshing 
uh, blow of air that gave us the energy for the day. God might have been that invisible footprint that walks together with you and I during some of our most difficult, difficult times in our life. But God was there. And so we as men and women and as sons and daughters of God really re need to recognize what an incredible heavenly father and mother we have in God and celebrate them through their heavenly representative who are, is our true parents. And when we realize that we have a parent for this world that comes with a message of true love, and really kind of a encouraging uh, and a hopeful understanding of humankind as eternal sons and daughters of God, we realize that incredible healing, incredible love, and incredible epoch-making events can take place when we work together as a family. So brothers and sisters, do not be afraid. Our true parents are here. Our heavenly parents are here. So start working on ourselves. Start working on our families and take it step by step and really focus in on what is important, not the blurry visions that are really kind of leading us astray and, and bringing fear into the eyes of our loved ones. But when we can remain truthful to who we are and what we need to do, then everything becomes clear. We are no longer double-minded. We are no longer afflicted with double vision because we have put on the true love glasses, the true love glasses of 2020. So brothers and sisters, please have hope and have a great week. As I walk through this wicked world Searching for light In the darkness of insanity I ask myself Is all hope lost? Is there only pain and hatred And misery? Each time I feel like this inside, there's one thing I want to know. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? As I walked on through troubled times, my spirit gets so downhearted sometimes. So, where are the strong? Where are the trusted? Where is the harmony? Sweet, sweet harmony. I feel it slipping away Just makes me want to cry What's so funny about peace, love and understanding 
please leave them below the video or go to engineoon.com and use the contact form and don't forget to subscribe to our email list and for those of you who would like to contribute to our work here at iHome Church just click on the donate button thank you